You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. In, in this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, we're going to talk about psychoanalysis. What, what is it? Where did it come from? Does it really work? Uh, and also, as usual, we're going to be giving away a free hypnosis guide. Stay tuned. Great heavens! What kind of radio show is this? Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What's going on, people? It is David Wright here, the Motor City Hypnotist. We're back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. Glad to have you with me. Glad you're listening along. We are here in the podcast Detroit, Northville Studios, as usual, with me is Matt. Hey, you know, I, I'm back. Who's sitting at the table with me. And uh, everybody can say hello to Declan. He's our he's actually interning f- for us and, and running the board. Yeah, Decl- Declan's good people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's actually uh, he's what? Just, ju- he's a junior in high school. He actually wants to learn. To, he he wants to get into voice acting. That's that's fantastic. So he's trying he's trying to learn some technology over here. Absolutely. So he's kicking my butt with it. Yeah, so. he's just wait, he's just sitting there in the background. Oh, da 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 da! Like this in the background. What the fuck <laughs> is it with you? No, just just kidding, Declan. We're having fun. <laughs> so uh, let me tell you where you can find me. My my. Well, I was going to say my podcast, but you're listening to that. Uh, my website is MotorCityHypnotist.com. On that website, you'll find my podcast page, my store, and uh, all kinds of other cool stuff on there. So take a look. Uh, you can find me on social media on Facebook, YouTube at Motor City Hypnotist, and also on Twitter and Instagram, Motor City Hypno. And I am also on Patreon. Patreon is a creator site where where listeners and and fans of shows can provide financial support. So take check that out. Uh, take a look at that for me. And um, it's it's a minimal expense. It just helps us to run the show and give you good content, tent, and keep things going. And you get kind of cool stuff too. As a contributor on the site, you'll get uh, you know, depending on the level you choose, you can get coffee mug, t shirts. Um, early access to the podcast and also a shout out or, or some kind of um, uh, promotion if you wanted to push something on the show. And as usual, wherever you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. That would help me out tremendously, uh, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, whether it's uh, wherever. If you're listening and you like the show, please give it a rating, subscribe, and leave a review. That would help me out very much. And as usual, on every episode, I give away a free hypnosis guide. And I may have mentioned it on last episode, but, but I also do have a free hypnosis recording that, I'm, that I've, I've been putting in the show notes that is still available. So if you happen to be suffering from insomnia or difficulty sleeping, I've been offering this free hypnosis for insomnia download for the last probably four or five shows. So I will leave that link in the show notes as well. So you can just grab that, use it, and hopefully it's helpful for you. It is time for our winner of the week. 
winning this time. All right. This winner of the week comes from Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'll just start to read the story here, and we can find out what exactly happened. When a stressed-out mom rolled up to McDonald's drive-thru to purchase a meal for her children, she realized with dismay on making her order that she left her purse at home. But the teenage server at the window didn't send her away. Wyatt Jones, who was the McDonald's worker, said he'd happily pay for the meal. Brittany Reed, who was the mother, was more than grateful. It had already been a long day at soccer practice with her four- and seven-year-old. Oh, wow. Yeah, long day at soccer practice with mm-hmm. a four- and seven-year-old. I don't know what we're yelling about! <laughs> right? Exactly. That's just, that's, just follow, that's just follow the ball soccer is what that oh, is. Oh, man. <laughs> Later that night, person toe, Brittany drove back to the McDonald's to give Wyatt his money back. Mm-hmm. But the Waynesville, Ohio local insisted the meal was on him, so he didn't want to take her money. Good for even him. Even after she came back. So Brittany, who was, who was the mother with the kids, wrote in a Facebook post, I just want his parents to know how kind and compassionate your son was tonight. He made the stressed out mama pause for a moment and realize this is exactly what we parents are trying to do, raise great human beings. Mm. Uh, she explained, and then she said, Wyatt, do not let this ch- world change your kind heart, young man, for it's people like you that will change this world for the better. Wyatt had shown Brittany such kindness. Now, do you think the story would end there? Right. No, it does not. No. Okay. So, back to it. Wyatt had shown Brittany such kindness, how to thank him even more? On hearing that he was saving up money to buy a car, Brittany began a GoFundMe campaign on his behalf. Wow. And raised $32,000 for him. <laughs> he got a Camaro. <laughs> and the story ends by saying, how's that for gratuity? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so so both ways this, this is a great thing of course the kid i i mean i'm sure this is probably a teenager struggling to, right. to make a little bit of money and going to school and, and you know all, all the things that go with that and he's like he just he's just nice he's kind now as a parent would you want your kid to use that thirty two thousand dollars to purchase <laughs> a vehicle or go to school that's well. I'm, I'm 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 wondering what kind of access he had to this money. Then, right, right, you know? right, right. At that age, right? Pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> Either way, a great gesture on both for Wyatt for just paying for dinner for this family, and for Brittany for setting up this GoFundMe. That's very cool, and that's why they are our winner of winners of the week. Plural, plural. how winning is done yes it is indeed so i know we talked a couple of shows back I, I'm, I'm trying to remember the context and it probably really doesn't matter so i won't bore you with it but we th- the subject of freud came up and and i know he's come up quite often in the show one well partly because i'm a therapist and a hypnotist right and a psych major so <laughs> why it, wouldn't it freud be in the conversation yeah he, he would be in your vernacular i would imagine so yeah. and, and we also had mentioned psychoanalysis so we're going to talk a little bit about that today, and not in some boring textbook way, because, you know, who would want to listen to that? Um, that would be boring. <laughs> but, but I just wanted to give you, you some insight, and, and this, this clarification is going to be helpful for a lot of people, because I think there's a misunderstanding about exactly what psychoanalysis is, and then I'm going to say a second term, and they're kind of used interchangeably, hmm. psychotherapy. Okay. That's, very that's, similar terms. It's very similar, but 
Mm-hmm. They're very different mindsets as to how to go about right. helping someone. So, so let me let me say that they're not interchangeable. That's that's even though they sound very similar. So, psychotherapy is the umbrella of what we call talk therapy, hmm. which is what most therapists do nowadays, and, and in most actually in past days as well. People come in for therapy. They have an issue or they're not feeling well, whatever it is. They come in, they sit down, they talk with a therapist. That is psychotherapy. It's talk therapy where we figure out issues, resolve problems, help you get to where you want to be, set goals, all of those type of things. Psychoanalysis is a specific way of doing therapy. It's a specific uh, approach Hmm. that was invented by Sigmund Freud. Okay. I'm going to learn something tonight. I know. Yeah, absolutely. So psychoanalysis was developed, and, and, and I know we hit on this before, but it's always fun to hit on again, because Freud started in hypnosis. <laughs> I, do remember, you, I do that, remember you saying that, that, yeah. He was not very good at it. <laughs> so he ditched it. Clean out your desk, you're gone. <laughs> and started with a new theory, which he, t- he coined the term psychoanalysis. So the definition, and I, and I won't go into too long of a one, but it's a type of therapy that aims to release pent-up or repressed emotions and memories or to lead the client to catharsis or healing. In other words, the goal of psychoanalysis is to bring out what exists in the unconscious or subconscious to your conscious awareness. Okay. So it's like you're dreaming, but you know you're dreaming. Yeah, yeah. kind of like our lucid dreaming episode. Okay. Yeah. So the whole point of psychoanalysis is to uncover repressed feelings, thoughts, memories, actions, whatever they are. And, and we know Freud was a bit of a nut. Um, I mean, in general. Now, I, I will say this. He, he can be looked back on as kind of a caricature of himself. I mean, I mean the whole thing about psychoanalysis and people lying on a couch and, and Freud's uh, – his whole views on sexuality and Oedipus complex mm-hmm. and all of that. There was a few addictions in there. It, it just yeah, seems, yeah. it just seems a bit far out there, but, but the, but the gist of what his, his psychoanalysis approaches is that we all are screwed up because of repressed or unconscious issues in our minds. Hmm. Okay. And, 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 and as far as that goes, I kind of agree with that, that, that a lot of us, and we go back to our last episode when we talked about empower yourself for success. We have these stories that we tell ourselves over and over again, and eventually they just become part of our thought process. Mm-hmm. We don't even have to try to do it. They're just there. They're just sitting in the background just affecting us. Without us know? even being aware of it. Yeah, that without you being aware of it. They're bang, it's banging oh, on the da, 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 like this in the background. What the fuck is it with you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah. That's, what you get, that's sometimes what our minds do. So Freud's approach was psychoanalysis, to, to uncover these 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 hidden or these buried emotions or experiences or 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 thoughts so that you could purge them and then you'd have catharsis is mm-hmm. what he would call it ah, a release a release yes. of that and gotcha. then you would be freed of those those hindrances mm. of those weights mm. from your past so let me just give you a quick rundown on freud he was born in austria spent most of his childhood and adult life in vienna he entered medical school, and, at, and, and at, this is something I think I knew, but it refreshed me today. He actually trained to become a neurologist, earning a medical degree in 1881. Wow. So he, he, was, a, he was a neurologist. He became a doctor. Hmm. Soon after his graduation, he set up a private practice and began treating patients with psychological disorders. So 
His attention was captured by a colleague of his with an intriguing experience with a patient. Uh, The colleague was Dr. Joseph Brewer, and his patient was the famous Anna O., who suffered from physical symptoms with no apparent physical cause. So those of you who've had Psych 101, you may have, may have run across this or not. Mm-hmm. So, so in, a, in, in a concise statement, Anna O was a patient who had all these physical symptoms, but they couldn't find anything wrong with her. Like fibromyalgia. I'm just right. kidding. Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> but things that are hard to detect yeah. that you wouldn't be able to prove. Yeah. And of course, we're talking back in you know, 18, eight, 18, late 1800s. Right. So you know, diagnostics were not what they are now, of course. <laughs> right. So this Dr. Brewer, who was a colleague of Freud's, found that her symptoms went away when he helped her recover memories of a traumatic experience uh. that she had repressed since childhood. Oh, wow. And then once she uncovered, once he uncovered those for her, all of her physical symptoms disappeared. She wasn't holding this stress wasn't now, there anymore. Well, yeah. and, and I was going to say, and you could say that could be psychosomatic, hmm. but in a way, that's exactly what it was. Right. It was in her mind. Her mind was causing her body discomfort, and, and it was exper- and it was showing itself with all these physical symptoms. Wow. So think about think about this, listeners. How many of you out there have made yourself sick? <laughs> and <laughs> I use you that had in a general yeah. sense. Yeah. And, and I'm not talking about from drinking. It's quite pungent. <laughs> stings the nostrils. <laughs> I'm saying that like if you're, if you're worried about something so much that you get a headache or you get nauseous or maybe you'll throw up right. or you got to go talk in front of a bunch of people. You have to go yeah, talk. Yeah. 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 You, you have to do something that you're dreading. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're stressed about work and you just hate going in and you, you have these physical symptoms, mm-hmm. headaches, neck aches, back aches, nausea, unable to eat, unable to sleep. That, that, that all comes from your mind because that's where it's coming from. The mm-hmm. stress is causing physical symptoms. So they were they were onto something here because they realized, oh, well, if we address the psychological part, the physical part goes away. So Freud really got interested in this case, and it, it influenced some of his most influential ideas. Hmm. And he came up with the whole model of being three different categories or three, three different compartments of your mind. Hmm. He started calling it the conscious, the preconscious, and the unconscious. And for those of you who have any idea where this is going – it eventually developed into id, ego, and superego. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah. I told you I was going to learn something right. tonight. Yeah. Right. And these three, these three, although they come from the same mind, they're, they're different sections of the mind. Hmm. So, and, and, and for, I, I don't want to bore you guys with this, but, but um, you probably know what they are. The id is the selfish, instinctual, I want what I want, I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. There's no governing the id. Okay. Um, it's it's just survival and gratification. Just it's all about it's it's all about all me. about me. Yeah. Yep, yep. So we would say a narcissist probably has a brain that's totally id because it's totally about them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That that's me on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> Ask my wife; she'll what tell the you. Fuck are you doing? <laughs> so the second part is the ego. Now, the ego is like a, a, a check-in on the id. It works to kind of meet the id's needs, but it modifies it so it's socially appropriate. Hmm. So let's say, and I'll just come up with a just crazy example. Somebody's starving. So the id would just go steal food from someone right. because they're hungry. Mm-hmm. The ego would keep that in check and say, yes, you need to eat, but we have to do it in a certain way. That's not going to cause a problem. And then the superego are the higher principles of morality 
and socially and moral acceptable behaviors. Okay. Which would be like altruistic or 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 that the, the idea that kindness is is very important mm-hmm. and and probably where a lot of religious beliefs come in. It's your it's your standard, it's your 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 doctrine that you live by. Okay. Your your deeper belief system. Hmm. Freud also developed what we call what we term defense mechanisms. And, and and this is probably something common that you've heard before. Uh repression, you know, pushing disturbing or threatening thoughts out of your consciousness. So you don't want to think about an experience you had as a childhood, so you just push it yeah. away. Bury it. Bury yeah. it. Yeah, you bury it. Denial, of course, is a big one. Mm-hmm. We know a lot of people that are in denial about no a lot of things. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Zero idea. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Projection. And that projection is when you might be a dick and you just you you, you project that onto other people. Mm. You're like, oh, why is that guy such a dick? You're, you're the one that that's. Right. Yeah. So projection is blaming, like looking at at that your your fault in other people that you can pick out very readily. That's me driving. So yes, that, that that's probably a good place for it. Uh, displacement is a common one, especially in relationships. Displacement is when you take out your your frustrations on somebody instead of the person it should be directed at. Right. Let's let's say you you're in a terrible job. Mm-hmm. You come home and you take it out on your wife because right. your boss is an idiot. Right. That would be displacement. And regression is a defense mechanism where you just you move backward in development hmm. to cope with stress. So let's say you're overwhelmed with something and you regress into childlike behaviors, okay. tantrums, crying, Oof. you know, just I, pouting. Yeah, I thought that was <laughs> that I thought that was putting walls up. What regression was, but that's uh, not. It's yeah. not. It's, 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 it's just regressing back to that childlike behavior when you don't get something that you want or need. Gotcha. You're you're yeah. 18 again, and you're stomping your feet because you didn't get the car yeah. for the night. Yeah. I don't know what we're yelling about. <laughs> that, that's yeah, it. that's it. <laughs> and this one is sublimation. Now, sublimation is not as destructive because what that is is you you satisfy an impulse by by acting on it in a different way hmm. so say you're angry at your wife happens sometimes why is it going to be the wife why, why can't the, well, why can't say the, the wife's angry at the husband <laughs> either way or you're angry at someone so instead of addressing it with that person maybe you go downstairs and you work out for an hour mm-hmm. you, you you focus that aggression to a different but appropriate right and that's place. that can be somewhat healthy oh no at the that, same definitely time. that is definitely healthier than now, the only thing it doesn't do is it doesn't resolve the issue that's still underlying. Correct. It Correct. does help you cope with it, and it helps you it helps you expel that negative energy, but it never resolves the issue in the first place. Right. It's like it, it's like it, trying to answer an email emotionally. Sit yes. On Sit on that yes. for for a night. Don't send it too quick. Clean up your desk. You're done. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then, of course. The, the thing that that people most people make fun of Freud for, or I wouldn't say make fun of him, but the big the big thing when it comes to sexual issues, because mm-hmm. you know, let's face it, he he was he was out there sometimes, but that's where the whole five stages of development come: oral, anal, phallic, latency, genital, hmm. and he believes that the the whole stages of development are are stuck in and focused on sexual stages in life. Wow. I had no idea. I told you I was going to really? learn something. Yeah, okay. I had no idea about well, that part. And, and again, I, I'm trying. I'm trying not to be too clinical or or 
textbook on this mm-hmm. because I, I mean because I'm a psych major, I, I sometimes assume that most people would know a lot of these things. So the five stages. Now I'll just go through them. I know of the five stages. I just don't know how it came to be. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So just clarifying. <laughs> so and and again, I'll try to go through it as as um, um, I'm trying to think of a good word for it. <laughs> As PC as I can. Sure. So the first stage is oral. When 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 a child's a baby, mm-hmm. it seeks pleasure from the mouth, mm-hmm. sucking on a bottle, right. pacifier, thumb, breastfeeding, breastfeeding. Yeah. Yep. Second stage moves into anal, where we go into potty training. Okay. And and again, he he described it as the child seeks pleasure from the anus. I don't think that's quite no. the terminology that we we would use, <laughs> but that's how Freud put it. But the whole point is, is that the child's learning about bodily functions, mm-hmm. urinating, defecating, going to the bathroom, that whole process. Right. Then it comes into the, in the third stage is the phallic stage. That, that's when the child becomes aware of genitalia and that they have it. Mm-hmm. And what does it do? Right. That, that's the curiosity. Like, you know, you know, the babies that don't know that you shouldn't be just grabbing yourself when you're in right. school. Right. In the, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I don't think my son's listening, but um, we also, we used to call him the penis toucher when he was like four, three, somewhere in there. But yeah, he just constantly would just be grabbing just, at him, just just be pulling it or adjusting yeah. it. And sometimes it was at school, sometimes it was in front of people. It didn't matter, right? He just yeah, they're developing. That's a national a natural form of development. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and people worry about it, even as parents. I, I was kind of aware, and I and I <sighs> women can. <laughs> Can tend to be more judgmental about this. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> but I, that I, and again, as a therapist and knowing what I do, it's natural because yeah. I have a lot of parents that come into my office with small children mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, there, should I be worried because he or she's touching himself a lot?" I'm like, "No, that's normal. That's this normal stage of development where mm-hmm. there's discovery and you're figuring out what you have." Mm-hmm. Yep. The fourth stage is the latent stage, which there it gets past the awareness of 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 their genitalia, and there's like little or no sexual motivation. There's there's it's it's like this. Well, it's called latency. You're you're just in a, in a period of where that doesn't come into play. Girls are gross, and that's late. Boys yes, are yucky. Yes, yes, yeah. like like late uh, before ten, like like ages six to ten, yeah. eleven. Yep. Then puberty hits. Oh, and girls. that's when everything changes, Ooh. and from that point on, you're in the genital stage. Oh, John Stamos, where everything's based on, well, not everything, but <laughs> according to Freud, from from puberty on, everything you do is is in response to what genital pleasure you're going to get out of it. Gotcha. Okay. Motivations, even jobs. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all like the satisfaction of this underlying sexual desire. Gotcha. Wow. At least that's how Freud thought. I, 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 the fourth time I'm going to say it, I learned something tonight. <laughs> That's good. Can I try it really quick? Go for it. <laughs> and then another famous thing that Freud was known for was, again, dream interpretation. He believed the subconscious mind holds all your secrets, it holds all your issues. Therefore, because your subconscious mind is active when you're dreaming, that that needs to be analyzed because there's answers there. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have a dream that you're riding a pink donkey at your grandma's house when you were five. 
It sounds crazy and bizarre. <laughs> kind of does. But for Freud, that means something. I'm having happy Gilmore flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> right. I thought about that too. Because think about how, how kind of messed up your dreams are. It's, it's like you just it, – it's just like where did that come from? <gasps> oh, great Odin's raven. <laughs> and that's why your dreams are so screwed up because it's all jumbled subconscious thoughts that are just random hooked together. Hmm. And of course, Freud's famous book, The Interpretation of Dreams, was published in 1900. And again, the whole point there is that your dreams can give you insight into your – condition as a human being okay if you study them mm -hmm. and of course that's where all of the the uh the dream interpretation meanings of things you know oh, what does it mean if i'm you know the again a couple of common dreams you know I'm, I'm naked in front of a crowd of people right or i have a dream that my teeth are falling out <laughs> you know some of these and and freud through study and through interviewing people attached meaning to each of these things on wow. what it would mean that's a that's a lot of people to listen to, right? Well, and and I don't know, and and I can honestly say I don't know the the extent of that research, mm. and if it was even could be classified as um, accurate research. Okay, you know, I don't know if there were a standard deviations. I don't know if it was a raw or, or a, 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 a a random group. Okay, which are all needed for studies. Right, but that's his that that was his view. Gotcha. So now the big thing is, is all of this plays into psychoanalysis, finally, because that's what, what we're kind of talking about, Freud and psychoanalysis. So the, the old cliche of somebody lying on a couch and, and the therapist sitting behind them and writing, that is how psychoanalysis works. You lie down on a couch. You don't face the, 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 the therapist. You don't even look at them right. because the whole, the whole point that they're trying to do is say – that they don't want to have anything interfere or influence what you talk about. Gotcha. And if I'm talking with someone, of course, when you meet someone for the first time, and I and I see this in therapy all the time, and and it's kind of a, it's kind of an, an uh, kind of a running thing that most therapists will understand this when I say it. The first issue that someone tells you about is not the real issue. Hmm. No, it's not. It never usually is. No, no. There's always it's a, there's that, underlying it's, it's a, something. There's this test run. It's it's just. I'm going to see how if if I if I'm respected or if I'm supported if if I'm understood if I'm there's shopping empathy. for the right person <laughs> right exactly that but but and I and I believe people out there if if you if you if you're going to see a therapist if you have you need to find the right person uh -huh. and I say this to clients when they when they come in to see me for the first time I say it just like this I'm like listen after this first session you might not feel comfortable with me mm -hmm. you might just think I'm I'm an a hole. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. If you're not comfortable, this is not going to work for you. And I always tell them up front, you have the power to choose who you want to. Right. Now, that could possibly go far the other way where you get a therapist that's enabling and somebody wants this constant right. attention and, and they want a therapist that that's, that that's going to cross boundaries. And by boundaries, I mean – Answering the phone at 3 a.m.? Yes. Being available mm -hmm. at any time that they want because now you're enabling – the, the client to be dependent right and that's not what you want my whole goal with this therapist is to get somebody to independence right not to have them depend on me because that is totally yes that that's totally not cool ah. i'm catching on dave yes <laughs> so you lie on a couch the therapist sits behind you and then you just talk 
doesn't matter. And and there there are tools to initiate conversations, uh, but but there's there's not this back and forth conversation that goes on. Hmm. Um, some of the tools that they use uh, uh, are the Rorschach test, the ink blots. Mm-hmm. That's a part of psychoanalysis. Okay, what do you see in this? A cloud. And because of your answer, that'll show how you're thinking, right. even though there's no right or wrong answer. A bat. And the Rorschach tests are just. They're just blots of ink. Boobs. They're not meant to be anything. Yeah. Well, but yeah. And then Freud would say you have you're repressing some sexual tendencies of some type. Yeah. You're welcome. It's pretty cool, I guess. Um, the whole term Freudian slip. Yeah. When people say something that they don't mean, or they say it out of it, just comes out wrong. Freud believes that's what you really meant to say. Mm-hmm. Because that's what your subconscious mind took over, and and you you, you just kind of let that happen. Yeah. Um, and then the free association is the whole thing of just talking and just let yourself let your mind go. I, and I think we've compared this in the past to brainstorming, where you just start you just keep talking. Yeah, you know, I grew up in um, I grew up in this city, and and my mom was like this, and she used to make muffins, and then you know I never liked the muffins, but then she started making something else. And then um, I remember when I had the muffins, I used to be able to go outside and play with Jimmy. And then Jimmy hit me one time. It's, it's just, the it free can go so- anywhere. Free association equals digression on a massive scale. Right. right. <laughs> it's just saying what comes to your mind and wherever it leads. Now with psychoanalysis, now if I were the therapist, now I have to, I have to put all this together and mm. see what it all means. It's like a puzzle. Right. Like, well, it's funny though. You said you're, your mom made muffins, and then Jimmy hit you, uh, and now you don't like muffins. Right. You just solved. You just connected yeah, those yeah. two things because they were connected in that right. that incident. So it, it, that's a very simplistic example. Mm-hmm. Full psychoanalysis, if you were to do it the traditional way, like Freud does, mm-hmm. on average takes five to seven years wow. to go through a whole analysis, and that's with clients going, coming three times a week. Wow. So long story short, that is the story of psychoanalysis. Now you see why as a therapeutic approach, mm-hmm. that would never work today. No, it wouldn't. I'm not saying it couldn't work, and I think there are times where you take parts of this. And, and I believe this also, people. All therapists are eclectic in their approaches because other, other than psychoanalysis, there are – I can name right off the top of my head 10 other approaches to therapy. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody ever follows just one approach. I think most therapists are eclectic and they use what they can. So, mm-hmm. so there are times you might be able to use psychoanalysis as like, oh, you know, you just mentioned your mom and you got really angry. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the deal there? You're right. picking up on these, these unknown emotions or these, these, these uh, subconscious emotions. Because this type of analysis and you, you, you can kind of cherry pick from the different types of analyses mm-hmm. uh, right. to really help your patient because everybody is, is different. different. Yes. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Just as pe- some people learn better, you know, auditory, mm-hmm. visual, hands-on, people are the same. So you have to be eclectic at some point because you have to use what. But it is good that you have a therapist that knows a lot of approaches because somebody who just takes one approach and doesn't use anything right. else. Cookie cutter. That would be yeah. limit. Yes, cookie cutter is a great way to put it. Yeah. And that doesn't work for everyone. No. Uh-uh. So that, people, is psychoanalysis in a nutshell. And I hope it wasn't too boring for you, but uh, but I might hit on some other approaches too. If if you're ever looking or you're ever wondering what happens in therapy, because there again there there are tons of different approaches and ways to do things. 
So don't forget, uh, look in the show notes. There's the free hypnosis for insomnia download that's available to you. And until next time, change your thinking, change your life, laugh hard, run fast, be kind. I'll see you next time. 